This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lyle Southwell, if I find the right button here for the microphone and get it up and working again. And of course, this is Mon Galash joining us here in the studio. We're about to have the next clue for our quiz. Uh, what have you got for us there, Mon? Okay, who am I? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I lost my speech because I doubted the words of the angel Gabriel. All right. I would have thought I'd lost a speech because you're talking to an angel. <laughs> No, yeah, I've been quite speechless. Uh-huh, I've been speechless <laughs> that, but uh, he lost his speech for quite a period of time. Oh, Lyle. Yes. I just remembered something. I was going to tell you something. And Dwayne and Ray have still not got the answer to this one. Dwayne and Ray might not be the best Dwayne I know after all. Come on, guys, <laughs> listening to the Faith FM breakfast show. Maybe you didn't this- say hello to them fast enough and they tuned out. Well, you know, there is this thing called a schedule and a program, no, and you do have no. to. No. Do things decently and in order, as the Bible says. Anyway, 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 Lyle, Lyle, Lyle. Speaking of yes. speaking up and uh, losing your voice. Uh-huh. Yesterday, I did something that I've always wanted to do, but been really scared of doing, and I finally did it, and uh, it was really scary. So you know how, right? Okay, this is going to be terrifying. I'm sure. I'm just quaking. Everyone in my boots, will. Even everyone will story. know how, how this could be quite scary. Like you, you. Okay, so. Uh-huh. There was a lady. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. I understand. I came already. out of the shopping center. Okay. All right. And uh-huh. there was a lady. Like you came out of the shopping center, and there's four steps down to the footpath. The footpath goes under the awning for a little bit, and then it goes out. Right. And those stairs are scary. Why I'm gonna throttle. Turn the microphone off while I slap him. Um, and there's a lady sitting on the steps smoking. And I looked around, and I thought that ain't four meters from a uh, from the entrance. And uh, and so I went over to my car and I put something in my car and I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I came back and I said, oh, excuse me, um, you're actually not allowed to smoke on these steps. Um, you need to be four meters from the awning and the awning's over there. And uh, and she was really nice. She was like, oh, okay, uh, like, wh- where is it from? And I said, you see where that pole comes down? That's the awning and that's considered an entrance. You need to be four meters away from that pole. And she's like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, and moved away. And I'm really happy I did it, but I'm still like in agony about it. <laughs> <laughs> because I I do think that I do think helping people and help like quitting smoking is the best thing you can do and yes. everyone should get involved with it and I think that community members need to be vigilant about it and like you could not exit the shopping center without a plume of smoke being in your way she was sitting on the steps you have to go down to get out of the shopping center and so you, you couldn't avoid being hit in the face with her cigarette smoke but at least she responded in a really nice and polite exactly. way exactly you know, that I, was that was awesome that's why I noted to myself that I should tell this on the radio because we've all walked past someone breaking the law and doing this and thought to myself oh I need to, I need to say something but you, you're always just you think gutless. so badly of the person I mean you think oh you've Filthy, yeah, you know, you know what but then when doing. you actually talk to them and you realize they yeah. didn't actually know and they're actually a nice person because you expect aggression, you usually expect aggression in return, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so, I just want to encourage people hey, look, if someone is polluting, you know, like, we have mothers with babies coming in and out of that shopping center all the time. Can you imagine a little baby walks by and like, and, and I, think that, I think that the smoke. way that you that you approached it to with respect and being nice about yeah. it rather you don't need than to going, be horrid. yeah, you don't need to get out of this, you know, yeah, yeah, area, yeah. you so-and-so smoking. So, excuse me, you, know, you actually no. need to, you can't smoke yeah. on these steps. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was, I was, 
I guess, pleasantly surprised at how easy the transaction was, the intercounter was, and I want to encourage other people to do it, but to do it nice and respectfully and just let people know who are breaking the law that we're not tolerating that. We're not going to call the police on you, but we're also not going to tolerate it. Like, hmm. you know, you need to, if you're going to do this. How did that, we get started on this? Because um, we're talking about the, the angel, he, the guy lost his voice. Or something. And the connection. And I was Smokers thinking, are going to lose their voice because they're going to get no, throat no, no, cancer. No, 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 no. I was thinking like, um, you know, if I lost my voice, I would be voice. speechless if I saw an angel. And then I thought, oh, I, last night I wasn't speechless. I found my voice last night and I stepped up and I did something. There you go. That's how there's I... There's a connection to the story. There's the connection. There's the segue. There it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mon, uh, let's go to our Bible study. And while we're going to our Bible study, let me ask you this question. If you're going to go and you're going to uh, go out into the community and knock on doors for charity... Yes, done. Uh, human human beings do that. Um, it's one of those things that good humans do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of a suburb do you prefer to be in? Describe the kind of suburb that you would prefer to be in. You're asking a veteran door knocker. So I am. I know exactly what you are. Usually you would think, let's go to an affluent suburb. Where they've got mm-hmm. loads and loads yep. of money. Money is no issue kind of suburb. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I actually found often just going to like Bogan Towns. Uh-huh. Yeah, people, they've done it hard, so they know how it feels, and so they're happy to help someone else who's doing it hard. Absolutely. And that really, that, is, kind of that really is a, uh, comes out very strongly in today's story, um, where we have a, you know, it, it, it illustrates the point that you, you, your friendly bogan living down on the street there, um, beside you or whatever, mm-hmm. is going to be typically be the most generous person in Australia. That's right. And this is one of the things that I do love about Bogan culture is that they are the kind of people who will literally give you the shirt off your back yep. um, or off the shirt off their back, I should say. And if we go over to Luke chapter 16, Mon, if you could read for us uh, starting in verse 19, um, you'll see how this story plays out. And it's one of those stories that I think a lot of us have seen played out over and over again. All right, chapter 16, starting in verse 19. What do you got for us there? We did talk about this yesterday in depth while you weren't here. We looked at the theological aspects of it, but today we want to look at the social aspects of it. Mm. So if you've got questions about and, and not sing, and not sick mon is... Uh, Sorry, right as I was about to start reading that Bible verse, something just came out. Um, <laughs> okay, Jesus said, I'm not sick. I'm not sick, all right. No, Jesus said... Sick. There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived each day in luxury. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered in sores. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Oh, that's disgusting. Okay, so here's the situation as you have it. Uh, the, The poor man has, you know, and he's homeless. He's living on the street. He has obviously looked around and gone, you know what? I need some help. I'm in a desperate situation. Where should I go? Where is the most likely place that I'm going to get help? And so he's gone and sat outside the door, you know, on the street outside of a very, very wealthy person's mansion. And you can logically get there yourself because you're like, who, 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 you know, who has, who has plenty? Who 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 could share? Who wouldn't feel a pinch if they shed a little bit? That's right. And what you'll typically find is that, you know, he would have done much better if he'd gone to one of the poorest suburbs where people were just one step above him. Yeah. 
You go to those kind of suburbs, and I'm a veteran door knocker myself, and I can tell you all day long that that is where people are going to give, and they're going to be generous, and they're going to help out other people. And if you are a wealthy person living in a wealthy suburb, and even if you don't think it's a wealthy suburb, but if you're in a Macca's mansion or something like that, Macca's mansions are the worst suburbs in the world to knock on. Yeah, yeah. They have the coldest people ever inside of them. You might want to as just explain to the listeners what Macca's mansions are because I know what they are, but I'm sure Everybody they're... knows what a Macca's mansion is. I never heard the phrase until you... Okay, so if you live in that kind of... Until what? I never heard the phrase until you introduced me to it. Really? Yeah. No, but I'm they're, they're, they're the new suburbs where you've all got a... Uh, a two-story brick and tile home um, on a postage stamp block with a lawn about the size of your footprint. Mm -hmm. And um, they're new suburbs. They all look the same. Everybody looks the same. They're all cookie-cutter houses with cookie-cutter people inside of them doing their cookie-cutter jobs. And um, because of that, they tend to just be called Macca's Mansions because Macca's is exactly the same the world over. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. Um, so, yeah, the Macca's Mansion. And, and so if you're a person who's living in the Macca's Mansion, this is something for you to stop and think about. How often do you have people coming and knocking on your door for um, to, to raise money for charity? Probably not often. And if they do knock on your door raising money for charity, how do you respond? Mm. Because, you know, the reality is that as Australians, we are very generous people. We do support charities more than a lot of other nations. Uh, we're one of the highest volunteering nations in the world, so a lot of Australians volunteer. So we give ourselves a pat on the back for that. Uh, I work in a volunteer organisation with uh, Food Rescue, mm-hmm. and it's not the wealthy people that are helping out there. We have one wealthy couple um, who help out there and, and volunteer their time, and the rest of the people are um, definitely in the poorer end of society and they turn up there each week and they are happy to help out and happy to give and happy to do random acts of kindness so you know there's a real lesson that those of us who are better off can learn from those of us who are worse off uh, particularly when it comes to generosity and being able to help people out and uh, and do things on behalf of other people you're listening to faith fm Positively different radio. Okay, so this guy has, um, you know, he's obviously he, he's not just he's not just poor, but he's and homeless, but he's ill as well. Yeah, he's he has sores. Um, the dogs lick him, lick his sores. I guess that uh, gives him some level of relief. I don't know, uh, but this is a picture that when Jesus gives this parable was probably not that you know uncommon, un- unheard of. And so Jesus is outlining something that, you know, they would have all understood. Now, the Bible goes on to tell the story about when they both die. And when they die, they go opposite directions. The Bible tells how that the poor man goes to Abraham and the rich man goes to hellfire. And this is just an illustration. Very clearly. Jesus uses the absurd within this parable um, to ensure that we do not take the parable literally. It's a little bit like, you know, and he's using, he's using language that is common to the everyday person. You know, I do, this, I do this on occasions as well when I tell stories, you know, sometimes, you know, talking about the issue of covetousness as it exists within Christianity. I use uh, some absurd stories 
and nobody in today's day and age takes me seriously. So, for instance, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I tell the story of, uh, of the rich man who was on his deathbed. And on his deathbed, he was like, oh, no, what am I going to do with all my wealth? I have so much wealth. I love my wealth. I love my money so much. And so he has a conversation with God, and he's like, okay, God, when I die, can, uh, can I bring my wealth to heaven? And God says, no, you can't bring your wealth to heaven. Nobody gets to bring anything to heaven. And he was really, really stressed over it. And so he begged and begged and begged and begged and pleaded until God said, okay, 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 it's all right. It's calm down. I'll let you bring one suitcase. So the rich man's like, one suitcase, what will I do? Uh, and he took all of his wealth. He turned it into gold and melted it down into gold bricks and packed his suitcase with gold bricks. You can imagine how heavy his suitcase was. He dies a little while later, rocks up at the pearly gates. St. Peter's at the pearly gates and St. Peter's like, um, what's with the suitcase? Nobody brings anything into heaven. You can't bring a suitcase in here. He's like, yeah, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's, uh, I have a special dispensation from God to be able to bring in one suitcase. And St. Peter's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, you can go and check with God. So St. Peter wanders off and checks with God and comes back a little while later. He's like, well, actually, you know what? You're right. You do have a dispensation. Um, never seen this happen before. But anyway, you and your suitcase, come on in. Opens the pearly gates and through he goes. And uh, as he's walking through, St. Peter's like, well, what have you got inside the suitcase? He's like super curious. And, of course, the rich man, is like very proud. He wants to show off. And so like, oh, yeah, check this out. Flops it down, flips it open, lifts the lid. It's full of gold bricks. St. Peter's there scratching his head he's like, why do you bring paving stones up here? <laughs> paving stones. <laughs> you know, a suitcase full of pavers. You know, the streets of gold. The streets of heaven are made out of gold. And uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absurd story to illustrate a point in mm-hmm. relationship to covetousness and how much we value things here on this earth compared to their actual value. Yes. Yep. In comparison to the things of God. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, what. Um, but, we're not but nobody takes that seriously And that's what Jesus is saying here Because you've got a rich man who's in hell And he's like, oh, go and get him to dip the tip of his finger in water And uh, drop a drop of water on the tip of my tongue So that I'm cooled in this fire That's not going to do anything for you if you're in hellfire Jesus is using the absurd So that we don't take the story seriously yep. um, And we have a bit of a chuckle over the uh, rich man and St. Peter story I'm sure that his followers had a bit of a chuckle Over uh, the rich man and Lazarus story as well That was, it was designed to, to illustrate a point And give everybody a bit of a chuckle along the way However There is an important social lesson There are a bunch of important lessons That we can learn from this parable There is an important social lesson in this parable Because what is presented Is the exact opposite Of what the people in those days Would have expected Why is that so? What would they have expected? I think they would have expected um, I don't know A parable? But it is a parable isn't Yeah but who would they have expected To go to Abraham? Oh uh, the rich man and who would they have expected to go to Lazarus, hellfire? Because at that point they believed that sickness and 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 poverty was a curse from uh-huh. God. It meant uh-huh. that you were sinner, you were a sinner, or like your daddy was a sinner, and uh, and it was just your punishment. Uh huh. And that the rich man, how did they know that the rich man was holy? Ah, uh, because you know wealth is a sign of blessing from God, and thus the more you have, the holier you are. Does prosperity gospel teach the same thing? Absolutely. Okay, here's what his prosperity gospel teaches exactly the same thing with a slight twist. They never tell you that that you that you are under the curse of God if if you are poor. They always imply it. Mm. 
Because by saying that riches are the evidence of the blessing of God, the obvious implication is poverty is the evidence of the curse of God. Yeah. So you can imagine how many people who are into the prosperity gospel and are poor um, who feel who suffer with major depression as a result of that. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't have enough faith for God to be able to heal me, if I don't have enough faith for God to be able to give me money, then how do I know I'm actually saved? Mm-hmm. That's a really, really horrific doctrine that just does absolutely terrible, terrible things to people. And this is one of the reasons why Jesus tells this parable is to combat the whole concept of the prosperity gospel. Amen. All right, so while we're thinking about this, um, let's think about the Ten Commandments. Okay. Now, I've been in ministry, you've been in Bible work. I'm sure there are times when people have shared with you various sins that they have committed. Yep. Um, are, there any that, are there any of the Ten Commandments that you've never had someone, because there is for me, uh, there is one commandment that I've never, ever had someone come up to me and say, you know what, I've committed such and such a sin, I have a real problem with this one. Have I ever had someone say that? Okay, so the, you, you've probably had people confess to stealing, right? Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. you probably had people confess to taking God's name in vain. Mm-hmm. you probably had people confess to breaking the Sabbath. Yeah. It's just one of those things that when you're doing Bible work or when you're ministering to people, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one commandment for me in 25 years of ministry, I've never, ever had somebody... Uh, come and confess that they have broken uh, this particular commandment. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I bet you I know which one it is. Take a guess. Coveting. It's the last one. The Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet. I have never, ever had somebody come and say, I've broken the Tenth Commandment. (laughs) I've coveted. It it almost even sounds silly to say that. Well, I've had people say it in jest. Yeah, yeah. Like, ooh, look at that Ferrari over there. I think I'm breaking the the tenth commandment. Yeah, Uh it's just sort of in jest. Mm -hmm. Uh, But not seriously. I've never had someone seriously say, and I've had people confess to every single one of the other commandments. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, what does that say about the tenth commandment? I guess people don't really see it as being all that serious. And if you don't see something as being serious, what danger does that place you in? In danger of committing it. Because you just don't think it's that bad of a thing. And so it's like, why not? I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Covetousness is one of those sins that leads to a bunch of the others. That's true, actually. It's like a gateway sin, isn't it? It's a gateway sin. Mm -hmm. If you covet something, uh, if you covet another person, it's a gateway to adultery. If you covet somebody's things, it is a gateway to stealing. stealing. Uh, If you commit either of those sins, it's a gateway to lying. Mm -hmm. Um, which then creates a gateway to murder, mm-hmm. which creates a gateway to dishonoring your parents. You know, it's one of those. Uh, what was the first sin committed in the Garden of Eden? Which commandment was broken first? The very first commandment to be broken. Lying. Before lying. Oh, oh, oh! By Adam and Eve. By Adam and oh, Eve. Oh, by Adam and Eve. I, um, I guess coveting because she wanted coveting. the fruit, right? Coveting was the first sin that was broken. Because coveting there was a gateway sin to having other gods before God. Mm-hmm. And so Satan became preeminent in her life. Satan became the one that she obeyed rather than God. And so the one you, who you obey is the one who is highest in your life. It's that simple. And so covetousness 
was what brought all of the sin and pain and evil that exists in our world to this world. That's where it started. And so I think that covetousness is one of those things that we need to be very, very aware of. Um, And this story here is all about covetousness. This man coveted all of his things and he wouldn't help the poor man. And all that the poor man ever got were crumbs. In other words, uh, the poor man had to go dumpster diving out the back of the rich man's house to be able to get food. That's how he lived. That's how he put food in his mouth. And that's how he survived. It's, in many ways, a very, very tragic story. Anyway, we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about the sin of covetousness. Right now, we're going to have Marla King with Life Simple. Stop wanting what everyone has just for the sake of having it. I need to stop wanting what everyone has and take only what I can give with. Make my life simple, make my life sweet. I want forever to sit at your feet. I need to stop wanting what everyone has and take only what I can give with. I need to take only Welcome back, guys. That was Marla King with Life Simple here on Faith FM. We've got a few people who are uh, having a crack at this quiz. Nobody's got the right answer yet. You got another clue for us there, Mon? Yes, who am I? My wife's name is Elizabeth. Who was married to Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. We're counting on Dwayne and Ray this morning to to, to come through for us with an answer for this one. Um, lots of clues right there. Okay, and a prize coming your way. See if you can get ahead in a, get in ahead of Dwayne and Ray and snap up today's uh, prize. Grab us a prize there, Mon. Tell us about it. What are we What are we going to uh, give away? I think uh, considering it's Dwayne and Ray, I'm going to give away the pink cookbook. Uh, the, the the pink cookbook. The ki- pink Very appropriate. Cookbook seems yes. extremely appropriate. Very appropriate. I love that. Okay. Particularly Dwayne. Uh-huh. I know he loves pink cookbooks. Well, he, he loves yeah, he loves yeah. to cook too. So yeah, he's. Uh-huh. He's very manly, so I know that this won't in any way affect his masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mon, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 12 now, uh, verse 13 to 21. Luke chapter 12, 
verse 13 to 21. Starting verse 13, we'll read a couple of verses. Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus. Oh, by the way, mm. one of them just got it. I'm not sure which one. Oh, they both got it. How do you know? Uh, because the producer is mouthing stuff through the glass. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yes. Okay. Good on you, boys. So someone is getting a pink cookbook. <laughs> Jesus replied, Friend who made me a judge over you. Oh, hang on. Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Okay, I didn't realize that was from the Bible. Uh, I've heard that quote so many times. Uh-huh. Huh. Yep. Okay. Well, in the, in, the, uh, in the King James Version, it says, A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Yeah, very nice. Amen. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is interesting because, you know, this is one of these will disputes. How often do you come across a will dispute? These are tragic. I had someone talk to me like... Um, someone who works in this sort of field and explain to me how this all works and how it's such a widespread issue that by the time the lawyers have gotten their pay cut and everyone's finished fighting, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. Yeah, and absolutely. this is just repeated and over and over again. You see, the, you see these ads for it. Like, there's an ad in the Newcastle Herald for it because I you know, check the papers every morning. Um, and and you absolutely are able to contest a will. Like 1% of contested wills actually make it through, and the only person who ever makes money at it is the lawyers. The lawyers love it but when you contest a will. It's, I think You've it's got disgraceful. If a person has made a will, you should have the respect Just, to honour it. I, I would, absolutely. I would feel I would never be so audacious to go against someone. If you didn't yeah, get wait, anything, wait, 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 wait. But, but what if your parents um, died in a car accident next week and your brother got the lot? Everything. If that's what they had in their will, then I would respect that. Yeah. Honest to goodness. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit there and fight with my brother over it. My brother is a nice guy. He'll probably be like, oh, Mon, I don't know what happened there. Here, have the house. Yeah. I actually totally agree with you. I actually I think it's just, totally, totally agree with you. I don't understand how these people are embarrassed by what they do when they contest a will because they think they didn't get enough. It's like, do you know what? It was somebody else's stuff. It's not yours. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to, they can do with it what they will. I have no idea what's in my parents' will. Last time... Um, they told me what was in their will was when I was a teenager and uh, they just left um, everything to charity. Yeah. Because like, well, you know, too many families fight over it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've left it to charity. I'm like, yes, good. Praise God. I don't need it. I can make my way in life. Having, I'm an adult. Having, I've got health and strength and energy. Why would I need that? Having said that, people who make the wills, you need to really look inside your heart and be the, see that you're being playing favoritism because favoritism oh, yeah. wreaks havoc. It does. And, and this it, is another way it plays itself out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, and of course, all of that will come down to covetousness and greed as well. People can be covetous and greedy in the way they write their will. I wish I was a judge who had to deal with will contentions. I'd be like, right, hand over the will. <laughs> Either it goes, it stands, or everyone gets an equal share. And let's just be over and done with in one day. Well, I think a lot of people are just simply asking for an equal share, but um, I would say you've got two choices here. Um, the will stands or the whole lot goes to charity. Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. But, you know, if, I, if, I, if it was the other way around and my parents left everything to me and nothing to my brother and my brother wanted to contend it, I'd be like, look, don't even bother going to court here. Just have half. Yeah, we'll just share exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. Why fight over it? Anyway, uh, let's continue on here. This is an interesting one. Starting in verse 16. Why don't you read that for us, please, Mon? Down through to verse 21. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. 
that I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. I've got to read this to you in the KJV. Go on. All right. This is classic. One of my favorite passages, um, just the way it's written. It says, uh, you know, he, he thought within himself, what shall I do? Because I have no room wherewith to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater barns. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. Watch verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. There's another very, very famous mm-hmm. statement that is uh, bandied around that comes from the Bible. I just like the way he says, I will soul. say to my soul, soul, <laughs> <laughs> you have much wealth. Eat, drink, and be merry. Okay, the person who, you know, and this is the, this is the, uh, the, the, the typical philosophy of today's humanity and for guys it goes a little bit like this and and you girls are probably a little bit different but i'll tell you how it goes for guys for guys it goes like this um life is about toys Mm -hmm. and at the end the man with the most toys wins okay that's that that's that's the the worldly philosophy for guys what's the what's what would be the equivalent do do women have an equivalent for that i'd 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 do women have an equivalent? Oh, yeah, whoever re- retains the youthful beauty <laughs> the longest. I, d- I don't know. <laughs> okay, but for guys, this is very much a guy parable here, and mm. maybe that's why Jesus is talking about a man. Because that's the way that guys look at things, you know. We're, we're going to build up our wealth, and we're going to have lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you and I, particularly you, have been going on a stuff cleanse for how long now? Like the last year and a half? Oh, quite a few years, actually. Two years. Because it was difficult. Downsize, downsize, downsize. Yep, yep, just... Go over it once, go over it again, go over it again. And I'm getting better at like, you know, just developing techniques to detach, this kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, your aim is to get, what, your whole, all of your possessions into one van? Is that the uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, ha- I still have about, f- like, look, I have a library, so that's... <laughs> uh, library does take <laughs> Libraries us. where you get tripped up most often. But I have I have eked out a lot from the um, the library. But I do have about five boxes of books at my parents' house in Tasmania. So, okay. yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on from uh, or moving back to this particular story, you know, this guy's like, you know, I've done so well. What am I going to do? I'm just build bigger storehouses and then I'm going to sit back and relax and retire for the rest of my life. And it's pretty much the aim of every person on uh, this planet. Rather than doing good, we're like, okay, how can we make ourselves comfortable and retire and live a life of ease. Everyone wants to live a life life of ease, but the people who live the most fulfilled lives are those who use what they have been entrusted with to do good in the world and to mm. do lots of good. And the more good that people do and the more influence that they have around the world doing good for others, uh, the more the more significant and uh, the, their their life quality is. And so people who just keep it for themselves, yeah, their life kind of is pretty miserable. But, um, yeah, so this person who actually follows the typical worldly philosophy of I'm just going to store it up and build it up and then sit back and retire with ease, the Bible calls that person a fool. 
And when the Bible calls someone a fool, they are a fool. If I call somebody a fool, they might be a fool. They're probably not a fool. But if the Bible calls someone a fool, they are seriously a fool. And so here the Bible is telling you how to avoid being a fool by being generous to others. Over time you've healed so much in me And I am living proof That although my darkest hour have come Your light could still shine through Though at times it's just enough to cast A shadow on the wall Well, I am grateful that you shine A light on me at all Who am I? That you would love me so gently Who am I? That you would recognize my name Lord, who am I? That you would speak to me so softly Conversation with a love most high Who am I? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound The same to wretch like me I once was lost but now I'm found Was blind but now I see And the more I sing that sweet old song The more I understand That I do not comprehend this love That's coming from your hand Who am I That you would love me so gently Who am I That you would recognize my name Lord, who am I you would speak to me so softly Conversation with a love most high Who am I? Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that is greater
Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5 you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow! Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
That was Cliff Richard with Millennium Prayer. You listen to Faith FM. We have come to question of the day time. Mon, what have you got for us for question of the day? Ah, uh, yes, a very personal question. This one goes on quite uh, well with what we were just talking about. You know, the Bible said um, that you know you're a fool if you if you've spent your life just stacking up earthly riches, um, because what's really important is a personal relationship with God. And so this question goes really well with that. The question that's been asked is this. How do I have a deep personal relationship with Jesus when I can't see or hear him? Yeah, and I can imagine that people in today's world would actually struggle with this one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some years ago, that would not be a struggle at all. And I'll, I'll share a story just to illustrate. So when I was 12, my, uh, my, my mother passed away. And one of the really sad things that happened at that time was that, you know, she had had a friend, very close friend, uh, through college. They'd kind of gone their separate ways. I think her friend had moved to England. And so about six months later, there was a letter arrived in the mailbox addressed to my mum. And it was a friend from England, had no idea that she'd passed away and had written to her. And of course, it was my dad's job to, you know, to open the, open the letter and to read it and to respond to it. And so he wrote a letter in return just explaining what had happened. And she wrote a letter back um, and um, to express her sympathy, as you do. Mm. Cut a long story short, they had a bit of a letter writing thing going for a while. It never became anything because it was just sort of, you know, it was way too soon after my mum had, had passed away. But my dad, dad had never written letters before. And so you'd see him, see him sitting there with, uh, you know, his, his, his pen and paper and dictionary so that he could get the spelling right. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and that was, you know, it, 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 it sort of, I don't know, remember how long that correspondence continued for, but they had a friendship via letter writing where they did not see each other and they did not hear each other. Back in the day, this was not uncommon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even today, you know, long distance relationships are the norm today. 20% of all marriages in Australia right now are as a result of online relationships, relationships that begin in the online environment rather than beginning in the face-to-face environment. And so that's kind of the world in which we live, although in today's environment, you know, it begins online and, of course, you know, then you've got FaceTime and, and telephone calls, all those kind of things. Back, you know, back when my dad was writing letters, of course, it was too expensive to call England. And if you go back another generation or so from there, you know, you think about how many relationships took place by distance and were very effective relationships and people grew incredibly close to each other uh, simply by writing letters where they could not see each other, they could not hear each other. And in fact, um, psychologists have proven that a long-distance relationship where people write to each other grows closer and becomes intimate far quicker than a face-to-face relationship where people have certain reservations and certain insecurities and they hold themselves back, whereas when they're just writing a letter, you know, they really don't worry about it. They just write a letter and, 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 they, and, and, and relationships like that, you know, can go very, very quickly. That's very interesting. It is. And the simple reality is that we have exactly the same kind of relationship with God. We can go to God and we can talk to God about anything. And I think this is one of the things with letter writing is that you just don't 
feel insecure about talking about you know things that are really personal to you because the other person's on the other side of the world. Why worry about it? Just 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 get it off your chest. And for my dad, you know, in his experience, even though there wasn't a uh, a relationship as such, there, it was very therapeutic for him at that time. It was what he needed at that time to be able to you know get things off his chest and to talk about things and to work through his grief. And this particular person really was um, a blessing to be able to help him in that way uh, through that experience. And, uh, and, and God is exactly the same. You know, we can talk to God every single day. He's never going to stand back and say, oh, I'm going to love you a whole lot less because you said that, 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 that you know, you can't, you can't make God love you any less than what he already does. Um, and, and he's not going to be up there like, oh, judging, you know, totally judgmental about stuff. He's like, no, this is, you know, I love you. I care for you. This is how I would love to see you live. And this is a way that will bring you peace and happiness. Uh, that's how God works. And so God is uh, is somebody that we can definitely have a very, very close relationship with in a very short space of time. And he's written us a letter. It's a love letter. And it is huge. Some people are like, well, you know, I'd like to hear from him every day. Um, have you noticed how big the Bible is? How many pages there are here? Are you ever going to exhaust this in hearing something from God every day? I think not. And so we can hear something from God every day, and he can hear from us every day. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Marion Blythe Peppers. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer, that calls me from a world of care and bids me
Listen to Marion Blythe Peppers with Sweet Hour of Prayer. We've come to the end of our show and we are about to give something away, seeing yeah, as uh, so Ray and Dwayne managed to eventually get their pink cookbook. Mm-hmm. I wonder which one. <laughs> maybe they'll like share it. Like you can have it for the first half of the year and you can have it for the second half of the year. Or maybe they'll maybe just they'll tear it in down half. The yeah, you have the front, I'll have the back section. <laughs> you have savory, I'll have dessert. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, right, we, we are. Need them, we need them to call back and tell us which ones are having dessert and which ones are having yeah. savory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe one of them is a sweet, and one of them is a savory kind of guy. So you know, it'll work out. Yeah. But we are about to give something away. It's a, probably the most beautiful copy of Steps to Christ I've ever seen. Uh, this is a beautiful book by E.G. White. Um, this particular publication is filled with color photos. That's a really nice it's one. Unbelievably gorgeous. Just there's seascapes and nature pictures and. It's just gorgeous. People. Yeah, just flowers and waterfalls and beautiful animals. I saw a butterfly that looked much like the butterfly uh, we discussed in um, our good news section, Lyle. I was like, oh, I think that's the same one. I want to go to that place in Mexico that has all the butterflies. Elephants and gorges and scent. Oh, yeah, me too. Let's that all go. That would be amazing. Uh, so this is a beautiful, beautiful book. Just every single page has color photos, just beautiful. Like ones, you know, that inspire serenity and, and um, or galaxy pictures. Oh, sorry, I'm really distracted by looking at this book. Steps to Christ, Ellen G. White. Uh, we were just talking about, you know, how to cultivate a personal relationship with God. And this book will certainly give you steps to Christ. Very easy. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. First person through will snap this up. Of course, if you're interested in the Bible... Give that same number a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, we will certainly hook you up. Uh, there's many ways you can study the Bible. You can do it in person or online, uh, in a group setting, um, just one-on-one. You can do it uh, paper format. If you don't like the internet, that's all fine. We can definitely set that up. Anyway, you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we'll be back on Monday morning after the 7 o'clock news. Lyle, I hope you have a good weekend. I'm going to spend it not getting any sicker. Like me, so I could see more like you. The world as it should be, the way that you created it to be. Where beauty is beyond what we. 
Hatred is a pearl and we don't know And mercy, mercy, it's sweet like the summer rain Forgiveness is a fortress that takes away our pain And joy is ever flowing through our bones Your love is like a love we've never Joy is ever flowing through our bones. 